Thank you so much for checking out the audio version of my channel, Ruslan KD, can you stream out loud on all platforms? If you, yes, you find this valuable, the best way you can reach me, the best way you can give me feedback, the best way you can even hop into a group Zoom call with me is through our King's Dream Patreon community. So consider partnering with us there. The link is in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Now enjoy. Bruce Some of you guys may or may not know this about me, but I got my start in music. And as I'm doing more YouTube stuff, I want to make sure that I make it a priority to give you guys dope content here, videos, reactions, Bible teaching, that kind of stuff. But I also want to make sure that I'm intentional to give you guys a soundtrack or to point you in the direction of some dope music that can become a soundtrack as you're pursuing Jesus and living your life out and all those different things. And so I'm super excited to have a guest today that I, I think, in my opinion, is one of the dopest Christian hip-hop artists and arguably one of the dopest just pure pound-for-pound rappers that I know. Uh, I'm not going to give a, a super long introduction, but you should definitely be up on who this gentleman is. And if this is your introduction to him, I'm actually very grateful. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the magnetic, the poetic, the prolific, we got the homie, Jay Monty. What's up, man? You here? Uh, that was quite... That was quite an introduction, bro. Thanks. You're here. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. All the man, way finally. from South Africa, from Cape Town. You said it in a rap, and now it's happening. That's that's real rapper-like of you, man. <laughs> no, man, you know, it, no rap cap, man. No rap cap. No cap in my rap. Bro, um, yeah, congratulations here, on the album. Uh, I loved it. Was is that album or is it an EP? Because I don't know the different the definitions nowadays. Uh, technically, uh, an EP, yeah? You know, we don't subscribe to the system, man. It's a mini album. We, <laughs> it's, it's a mini a, album. We're giving, it a new, we're giving it a new name. It's a mini Bro, album. It's really good. Like, your last joint was really good, but this is, I think, this record top to bottom. Like, I, I played it all the way through, then I played it all the way through again. Like, it was consistently Dang, really good. Um, the last one was cool. Mm. Uh, but it was more like the collection of the freestyles, right? And then you had the very, yeah. very first one that came out. Um, was Testify, and then the one before Testify, I'm drawing a blank. Goodness gracious. Second what Born. Was, second Born. Second Born. I was just thinking Middle Child. Mm-hmm. But, yes, <laughs> Second Born. And uh, and that close, one was that one was dope. And it was, See, that one to me had these real high peaks where you would have these, like, incredible uh, peaks. 72. Was it 72 inches under? That was one of the records that I thought arguably one of the best concept records I've ever heard. This one just slaps all the way through, man, like top to bottom. So congratulations Mm. on the record. I think it's being very well received. Um, Before we get into the backstory of the album, first of all, just tell what are you doing in Cape Town, South Africa? That's just super dope. I'm doing a lot, man. I got I got a I got a lot of solid people out here. I think that my analytics say there's America, uh, Canada, and then which is like brother sister, but right up under that is South Africa. So I got a lot of followers out or fans and you know people who listen to the music and are impacted by it. So I got a lot. I'm developing a lot of connections out here, and I want to be intentional about cultivating my my following out here, you know, and, and, and just not just that, but I'm really invested in the culture. I'm invested in the community and the people, um, meeting some of the, um, influencers who are leading the, you know, the, the music is being played in radio out here, like DJ easy, uh, DJ ready D, you know, some, some of the legends out here and just establishing those relationships and just spending time with my close people and my close friends. Like, I got more details and stuff that I'll share in the future, you know, but like I've run some of my, my business endeavors out here and I'm attempting to establish some things like in terms of merchandise mm. out here to be able to cut shipping costs, which oftentimes South Africans and um, just, you know, pe- people internationally are paying shipping costs that cost more than, the actual merchandise itself, you know what I'm saying? So like establishing relationships out here, I can make merchandise more available to what seems to be uh, my second most well-received country and culture. 
Wow, that's 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 really cool, man. Um, wow, that's really interesting. This man, this man's in another continent to establish merch pipelines, bro. I freaking, <laughs> I freaking love it, man. It's problem solving, entrepreneurship at its finest. Um, so I don't remember how we met, Jay Monty. Um, I don't remember where we met or mm. how we met, but I do remember uh, us doing a show together in Oceanside. And I want to just talk about your zeal for Jesus for a moment, because uh, <laughs> you never we, forgot that. I'll never, never forget that. Play that down. <laughs> I'm never gonna play that down. But here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. We were doing this big open mic, and we had like, I mean, it was packed. That 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 venue was jam packed, and uh, and and it was you and your welcome, Sean. We we had brought you guys out, and it was a bunch of local artists. And it was it wasn't it was like a Christian thing, but it it was not a Christian thing. Like we just, it was just like don't cuss, right? Yeah. That's kind of the vibe. And Jay Monty yeah. comes out, and yo, I loved your heart for this. Like, you may have felt awkward afterwards, but I, I loved your because we had this whole plan of, like, we're going to do this thing, and then somewhere I'm going to give, like, a gospel presentation <laughs> and make it and be, like, real slick yeah. about it. You know what I mean? And Jay Monty comes out there and just yells, Jesus, like, loud, yo. I and, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, Yo, that was very disruptive and <laughs> and and simultaneously necessary and the crowd mm. didn't hate you for it. Like it was it, no, it wasn't it wasn't an issue. Like it was really interesting. And I would I would say if I'm honest in hindsight, I was probably a, a bit more covert, a bit more tactical with how I would want to present my faith. And I think you uh were helpful to me at that time, bro. Like if I'm if I'm fully transparent, mm. like it was it was good. And I remember you like, yo, bro. Like, was it okay? Like, I mean, to like, I just I don't know. Yeah, I was I was real insecure about that afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> but bro, mm. that was like dope, man. Like, and I think I said that yeah. to you back then. Like, nah, bro. Like, it's all good. Like, that was dope. And you may maybe you felt the way no, about it then. No, because no, 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 no. I it's said it wasn't dope. Said. No, you was like, no, you say it's dope, bro. We ain't inviting you to another show out here, but it's, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, clearly I was joking. I think I was joking. Because um, we did, uh, so you're welcome, Sean, ended up coming out to the amphitheater show and opened up the amphitheater show like two months later or something like that. So that was that was interesting. Uh, so that's funny. I was joking when I said that. Obviously, I, I would do another show with you, Jay Monty. Uh, but, bro, what was your heart behind that? Like, t- talk about just your heart for Jesus, because I think... I think sometimes people can get caught up in how good the music is that they forget that like you really got a heart for Jesus. Like and that and it's evident in the music, yeah. but I think it's a bit more evident when someone walks with you and, and knows you a little more. Yeah, I, I think it stems a lot from a couple things. One would be um just the way I got saved. Um, it was just a very radical, like really spiritual experience that I had that a lot of people kind of look at me sideways like that stuff doesn't happen or that's not possible. But I just had like a real supernatural encounter with God, with signs, with miracles, with dreams that were mm. coming true. And like, I just don't know how to explain it other than the fact that like, I really like was full-blown not looking for god at all i didn't have a church a pastor a bible or nothing like that i was just clicked up with a bunch of street dudes and pushing my music in clubs and in different cities and just trying to blow up and be famous and then out mm. of and i was getting there you know what i'm saying like we was doing really good mm-hmm. and and then just out of nowhere, like I just got knocked like in the in the chest with prophetic dreams and like just like it was just this crazy experience where it was like God was as real to me as you are right now. And I'm talking mm. to you like it was just like that. Mm. And because I had such a and I ain't gonna go through the all the details of the story, but because I had such a radical experience, I came out of that like near-death experiences as well like i came out of that just on fire and i think a Mm. lot of people 
who come out of situations like that where you like on your deathbed leaking and just like and God and you had just had a dream that that was about to happen com- compiled with a bunch of other dreams that that showed you exactly what's going to happen like you just come out swinging like you come mm. out angry at the lifestyle you used to have mm. you come out wanting to see people set free it's just like anybody who's heavy in the fitness i would just put it the same way like people lose weight they start feeling better they start seeing all of the benefits of like eating healthier and like they knees start working better again and like <laughs> they just feel great you know they yeah. feel 10 years younger and they want to share it with everybody they yeah. preaching on social media don't nobody like bash them for wanting to see other people set free yeah you know and and, yeah. and to be lighter physically but you see somebody come out feeling better, feeling younger, spiritually, feeling healthier, mentally, feeling emo- like just so many benefits to walking with Jesus. And it's like, we're surprised at why they're like angry at the lifestyle they used to live and, and want to see other people, you know, like do better because ultimately there's a tangible impact that's happening. Um, and it all starts with, with the spiritual, like we're seeing people dying, we're seeing people hurting. And that starts with the fact that people don't have that core, um, that the, the core principles and, and, and the morality, I think, that we share and carry as believers. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing I'm going to say is real quick is just where I'm from. You all, y'all on the West Coast is different out there in terms of like religion than it is out here. So I was definitely partially shaped, especially after I got saved, like the churches and the spiritual leaders that I got linked up with were very zealous and very mm. like overt. This is mm. Georgia, bro. It's Atlanta. So if you in a church, it's radical. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like the church that I was in at the time, it was a youth church in on the in south in the south side where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bunch of bunch of we saw hundreds and hundreds of kids from the streets like coming in every every week. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like these are kids that are selling dope and their parents is strung out on drugs coming in and we just having like a revival. So this is what I'm in. Yeah. Like this is the energy that I'm surrounded by all day, every day. You see what I'm saying? So I come out to the West Coast carrying that. I'm carrying the same thing. Yeah. And it's probably a it's probably a culture shock, but um, you know what I'm saying? But that's just that's just what I'm surrounded by out here. So let me ask you this. Do you think it's it's also because faith is so common down south? Meaning meaning this, meaning that in the south, my understanding is church culture is very common to somebody to be at the club on Saturday and, and be hung over at church Sunday because their grandmama told them to go to church or their moms or their parents go to church. Everybody kind of goes to church in the south. Whereas in California... It's, it's it's not like that. Like we don't have you don't have to go to church. It's not a part of the culture here. So when you come out and say you're a Christian, it's super obvious that you mad different than everybody else around you. Like it's a distinguishable thing. I would say in the more metropolitan cities like a New York, a L.A., a Cali, San Diego, Seattle, San Francisco, where Georgia still seems like it has that like Southern Bible Belt vibe where you it's hard to distinguish between who is a casual Christian and who is like a sold out on fire for Jesus Christian down here. It's not really like that. Like you're either Christian or you're not. There's no like culture right. of church of churchianity or Christianity like there is in the Bible Belt. So would you say Atlanta is like that or do you do you think it's 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 more of like a metropolitan city? I will nowadays Atlanta is so diverse like um culturally like it just it just depends on what part of Atlanta you're talking about Atlanta is starting to look spiritually probably a lot more like a New York in the Mm -hmm. in the inner city like you know what I'm saying like Mm -hmm. um but of course like right as you start to creep outside of that you're it's it's church heavy 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 church and it's everywhere it's, it is the mm. bible belt and it's exactly as you described it like everybody not everybody but a lot of people grew up in church out here it's churches on every corner mm. in atlanta you know in georgia and so it's, it's very common to be a believer out here and you're not looked at as weird you know if you're if, if you say you're a christian or a believer you know yeah. what I'm saying? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I I think here is like the moment you say you're a Christian, it's like it's like what, bro? Like you're a what? You're one of yeah. them, you're the one of them Bible thumper church folks? Like 
get out of here. Yeah, you know? yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. the distinguishment here is when you make that profession, it's it's a big deal. Everybody knows. Your whole community knows. The city knows. Oh, he's he's he he got saved. He's different now. You know. So I think that's a that's an interesting um, that's that's an interesting distinction that I think sometimes we don't quite. F- like understand how somebody's culture and and the way that the climate they're in can shape how they evangelize and engage contextualizing the gospel. Um, Okay. So let's, so let's talk about this, man. You, you, you have this radical conversion. Um, The -hmm. music starts booming for you, right? You got, you got the hundred bars situation. Those are taken off. Um, Second born, is going crazy, right? You're you're building this organic following. I remember that hundred bars. I don't know. I don't remember which part it was, but there was, was one three. of them. Yeah, there was one of them jokers that had like millions of views on Facebook, and Facebook was really booming at the time. And then YouTube was yeah. going crazy for you, and so you you build this 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 groundswell. Of course, different labels start courting you. Um, different people start reaching out. Um, I remember we were talking to the folks at Sony and and like, yo, what do you what do you think about Jay Monty? And I'm like, Jay Monty, dope. Like, y'all need to go mess with Jay Monty. Like, he's fire. And you end up signing this this deal with Sony RCA, um, and it doesn't really play out the way you were expecting it to, um, or the way, right. it's, in my opinion, the way it, sh- it should have and could have. Um, and you pivoted. So t- talk about that. You talked about that a lot. I mean, you went in depth on the music. Like, you painted some wild, vivid pictures on the music. But share some of that backstory with me. And what was it like going from being an independent artist to, boom, now you signed to a major. But it's, it, ain't really, it ain't really booming the way you, you most people would presume it would be booming. Yeah. So um, right off the bat, I think you you, like making music as an independent artist, you you gonna quickly see how taxing it is on you, you know what I'm saying? Financially, your energy is zapped, you know what I'm saying? Like you're investing everything into the music. Like immediately I saw that I had to carry like two, three jobs just to do the independent <laughs> thing. I was working. I had like two warehouse jobs and I had side hustles and everything. I was pouring thousands and thousands of dollars to yep. keep up with that level of for that standard of excellence. Mm-hmm. that i envision and then you know what i'm saying so like on top on top of that like you know i had a young a, a really young family you know a young a, a newborn child and a young marriage you know what i'm saying and i was like struggling with trying to get my family members to believe that i was doing something sustainable and worthwhile mm. so like so I was caught in a, I was in a vulnerable place. You know what I'm saying? A label hits you up like Sony is big as Sony. And your, your immediate thought is you just, you just forego every warning that you've ever heard about labels and every horror story that you've ever heard. And you just say, that's Mm. not going to be the same for me. Like, Mm. that's not, that's not going to be the case. Plenty of people who smoke cigarettes and don't get cancer. You know what I'm saying? So like, Mm. I'll be the exception, you know, and you sign, the deal because you think if I sign to this major, I'm going to have major success. So that's what happened. But um, also like, as soon as I signed the deal, like the entire label got fired, like almost the entire team that I, that hit me up, that was mm-hmm. invested in me, mm-hmm. got let go and, and, and moved to another state and city. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, by the time I, by the time the ink dried, I was like sitting in front of a bunch of strangers, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Who didn't care that much for me or my, or, you know, they didn't really understand the vision that I had cultivated with the previous team. So, mm-hmm. um, already off the top, it was just a, it was just like a bad situation. And so there were so many, uh, just obstacles to overcome in the beginning. And one thing, became another and one week turned to a month and a year and two and three and before you know it it was just like a long period of silence for the most part you know what i'm saying so on your part or um, on their part? i mean i mean in terms of the music that i was able to produce mm-hmm. i was always in contact with my label like we when i say like a week turned into a month and a year i'm talking about like in terms of releasing music, oh okay you know gotcha yeah 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 and yeah. I think it's important to note, man, that at this time, like people don't quite understand at this time, this is what, 2015, 2016 window? Am I, correct me if I'm wrong on the timeline. Somewhere in there, right? 
that's ab- absolutely right. Yeah, that's the time. Yeah. So at this time, you don't got a bunch of Russes, a bunch of TikTok rapper stars, a bunch of Instagram rappers who are independent making six figures. <laughs> like, right. like it was literally like it was you. We were out here doing the Dream Junkies thing, and it was a handful of other people getting it a little bit, like getting little bags. And then it was Reach, and then it was like Sony, and that was it. Like there wasn't this like common like, yo, so and so over here, you know, they just charted on iTunes. Like it wasn't as common as it is now to actually be making some sustainable money as an independent artist. Um, so it's a it's a different time and a different climate in terms of this is before Spotify really took over or as it was starting to take mm-hmm. over, which, which, which before it was like, yo, you could sell a couple thousand copies first week. You make 30, 40,000. You can you can kind of chill. Exactly. Right. And then it was like streaming yeah, yeah. hit. And it, we were all looking Good at each times. other, like, how are we going to sustain ourselves off of a, a, a third mm. of a penny a stream? You got to do a million streams to make four grand. Right. It was, it was a very volatile time. So for you to be like, okay, well, this makes sense. This is Sony, right? And it, it was you. It was it was a couple of people that went over there. I think D One was over there for a while. Um, didn't work out for yeah. him either. Uh, it, it, and they were, I think they were meaning well, but it it just it it was hard, man. And 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 so I just want to say that, bro. Like you going through that wasn't. Um, I don't think that was as much as a detriment to you as it was like the the world changed. Like everything evolved from 2014, 2015 to twenty seventeen how we consume music literally got flipped on his head. Now everybody has Spotify and Apple music. And like, why would I buy your, your down? Why would I, da- why would I pay, download your album? Uh, Jay Monty, why would right, I buy it on right. iTunes? Right. He's like, because I could feed my right. family, <laughs> you know? So you're right, 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 right. So you, you, you go through the situation and then you finally, how long were you there? Three, three, four years. And you finally are able to break away and, uh, and, 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 and get yourself out of that arrangement. Um, while you yeah. were there, you weren't able to release any independent music on your own. You, I think testify, you just kind of put it out, but you weren't supposed to, but like, it was like, a it was like a weird back and forth for a minute. Right. Yeah. Uh, my bad. Um, yeah. So I released, uh, probably like four, four or five singles while I was there. So like, you know, maybe an EP's worth of music, uh, spread out, you know, over a period of a few, three or four years. Um, I was frustrated, heavily frustrated. And I was like, I had so much in me. I was like, bro, I'm about to just start dropping a song on Instagram every week. And at the time, there wasn't really a problem with that. Like the label didn't have an issue. Um, cause I was just like building up an organic buzz, but I had like so much pressure to put the project on. Spotify and Apple Music and every other streaming service. So I said, man, let me just see what happens. And I threw it up there. And I mean, it did really well. Like it charted top 10 on iTunes. And of course, when the label saw that, it was like, we can't have that. You know what I'm saying? Like we can't. That's when all the lawyers and the legal papers and the emails start flying back and forth and was like, you gotta take this down right away. So that was the back and forth that people saw on the outside. Like and of course, like it was on it was on me. But at the end of the day, like I don't regret it. You know, I think that mm-hmm. that drove the wedge deep enough and amplified the tension enough for the label to be like, This is a problem. He's a problem child. Like just mm. drop him like let him go he's never gonna like you know fit with us like he's happier without us and just like let this dude go because he's just gonna keep causing trouble and that's where i was at like it, testify was not just a way for me to preach the gospel a lot of people think that and it was but it was also a way for me to like protest you know mm. what i'm saying for my freedom for my independence it was a way for me to be like let me go you know what i'm saying so like that's part of the reason i was going so hard like you know, I needed, I needed to be free. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So, uh, on, on the song free me, which by the way, I'm, I'm, I put up the lyrics right here, man. And it, this record is insane. It's, I think that again, bro, you, I, I feel like I'm getting, I'm telling you this stuff to your face so that, so that you know how much I really enjoy the music, but some of these records concept, concept records, 
how emotional, how vividly you paint pictures. I've ranted about you for like 30 minutes on our Fan Love Friday stream in terms of just your ability to blend cadences, melodies, and vivid imagery in these in these lyrics. Um, on, on the song, you saw, you talked about uh, trying to hit your dog up. He like, what, what you mean, where RCA at? So you hit your A&R and play your card to finesse you a payment. But he said... You spent all your budget on beats recording and recording arrangements and lake trips and plane tickets. I'm thinking, well, don't take it from Sony. I know I ain't famous, but you hear my son in the background screaming, and you know what his name is. That's Cairo, my baby, my baby boy, my angel. I swear I'll get dangerous. I was thinking about hitting the Riverside Dale streets with the heat, leaving somebody brainless. Then I thought about how that would Riverdale, destroy the Riverdale streets. Riverdale, that's what I say. Riverdale, I miss, my, 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 my bad. Yeah. Then I yeah. thought about how that would destroy the whole testimony I've been out here proclaiming. Um how, like, how did it get to to that situation? How did it get to the situation where, you you know, the the, the things slow down with the music, your marriage is suffering, and it's just it sounds like you just hit rock bottom in the middle of what was supposed to be a come up for you. Yeah, um, I think we we have at that at that point we have recorded an album's worth of music, uh, traveled, but it was mostly songs that I didn't like that I was kind of like forced to make producers that I didn't really want to work with. Like when you're in a label situation, you're dealing now with the politics. It's not just like your creative vision, especially when you're a small fish, like, you know, you have a budget, you sign to a label and you have a budget and that's money the people with their own agendas at the label have an agenda for. They have purposes that they want to use that money for. Maybe they can't put that money in their pocket directly, but they can use money from your budget to do favors for other people that will eventually benefit them Mm. in their individual agenda. And so you just don't see that or understand that until you get in that situation. So creatively, I would say I was I was very suppressed and the agenda of certain pieces and players in my label overshadowed my creative vision. So I would end up in this studio with this producer and this producer and just making a bunch of music that just was not it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And complaining the whole time, like y'all trying to make me into something I'm not. But by the time you know, by the time it, 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 by the time the budget was depleted, you know what I'm saying? Like there was no music really to show for it. So I was an artist that was no good for my label because I hadn't recouped anything. Mm-hmm. So, but yet and still, I can't just go work this certain job here and there because who knows when they gonna call on me. I just can't have a nine to five like a normal person. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So there's a, there's a night where my wife at the time is, driving home from i don't know wherever she was at and like i think the tire blew on the highway and you know we had no money had no money to fix the car nothing and i couldn't even take the one car we had to go to the store and 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 maybe you know what i'm saying like try and steal some formula i couldn't do nothing you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i was just like really stuck and my son like cried all through the night you know what i'm saying because he was hungry and i i remember calling uh i ain't gonna say nobody's name but i remember calling somebody who was like the closest person to me at the label or so i thought and was just like man is there any way y'all can take even 30 dollars out of my recording budget and my marketing budget and he was like let me check the finances and get back to you tomorrow and like I'm having to check back up with him like, hey, man, what's the word? What's the word? And you you would think $30, $40, $50 for some formula would just be like, even if it's not in your budget, like, man, let me just slide that to you myself. But um, I really was shocked by the response of a multi-million dollar company, if not billion dollar. I don't know what they what they got and what their pockets looking like, but I know they wealthy and I know that they could spare Thirty dollars, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I could yeah. feed my child. You know, you you would think that, you know, I've invested my time and my creative in good faith into this company, 
and this partnership that y'all would help see me through a hard time and a difficult time. But like the response was like, I'm sorry, man, your budget doesn't allow for that. You know what I'm saying? Like finances, the finance department won't release funds for you. It was like a very, yeah, it was like a very mm. cold response in the face of me just like not being able to feed my own child, which is very, very hurtful and emasculating for me as a man, you know what I'm saying? So like to be able to have to look at my wife and be like, man, like Sony not even helping us. You can't, you know, you know, you don't really feel a few, there are a few times, a few situations that'll make you feel more alone and desperate than that. You know what I'm saying? So like, and at the time we was living in Riverdale and I was definitely like considering like going, going completely out of character to, to yeah. help my family at the time. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm really glad you didn't. And, and you, you go on in the song, you see, you say, naturally I got to thinking, who could I blame then? I looked over to my wife and told her it was over. She was in the way. And then you go on to say how she held you down. Um, and, yeah. and it, it, like, is that what led to the, to the, 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 the marriage issues? And, and then you talk about posting it on social media and it kind of sounds like you regretted posting it and on social media as if you were celebrating it. Cause I remember seeing that post and like, whoa, um, Talk about talk about that. Like, what what was transpired? Because I know you guys are in a much better place now, co-parenting. But what was the the, the was that the te- the financial tension and the burden that led to you guys splitting up? I mean, I think there are so many more factors. Um, there there is a lot of truth to what I said on social media in terms of like spiritual leadership, manipulation, and stuff like that. Is the foundation of my marriage. Um, uh, coercion, you know what I'm saying? While I was still just a teenager. Um, and even some of the stuff that I talked about in free me, like my dad putting me out the house and me not having a place to stay, you know what I'm saying? Like she gave me a place to stay Mm. in a religious, in a religious house Mm. with, you know, legalistic leaders that is seen as like sin. And in order for me to redeem myself, basically, I just need to go ahead and marry this woman. Mm. And but for me, the alternative was sleeping on the street. You know what I'm saying? So like I wanted to please God. I also wanted to avoid sleeping on the concrete. You know what I'm saying? So like I I just eventually um, acquiesced. But what I'll say is that in spite of that foundational truth, she didn't deserve that. You know what I'm saying? Like she didn't deserve that type of explanation. She was a real solid friend to me you know what i'm saying and like she really held me down when i ain't have nothing and i feel like the response to my post was like very heavy on the well done jay monty you know what i'm saying mm. like well done bro i'm proud of you like congratulations and that kind of haunted me because i was just like how where does that leave her you know what i'm saying mm. so like you know, the truth, the truth is that there was so much more to the story than just like, I was forced into this. And, and, and now we're, we're finally making a, a, dec- a decision that's best for us. And we're splitting up. There was so much more to it than that. And I wanted to elaborate on that story. As far as the finances go, like, you know, it was so, there were so many more layers, I think that stem from a marriage coming together like that mm-hmm. in the beginning. Um, but I would say that the finances and me feeling like the, the insecurities that developed in me from feeling emasculated by not being able to provide for my family were definitely the driving force for me to be like, you know, let, let me, let me search for my masculinity by separating from this and blaming my, my wife at the time for my failure. Cause I, mm. I couldn't look at myself and say, this is your fault, Jay. Somebody, mm. somebody forced you into marriage, not, Hey, maybe you weren't 25 and your brain was fully developed, but you were smart and intelligent enough to say, no, you mm. know what I'm saying? You didn't have to do that. You also didn't have to, you know, have sex and have a baby at a very young age. And you didn't have, like, I never really looked at myself and was like, Jay, this is your fault. Mm. And so at the time I was just like, it's her fault. Yeah, it's got to be her fault. Got to be my pastor's fault. It's got to be everybody else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And uh, but yeah, the finance, the finances. I think that was a. 
it definitely was like a launching pad for my my insecurity. Yeah. Yeah, and you go on to say you go on to say this, and I think bro, this is one of the most vulnerable things I, I think I may have heard anybody say in a song. And I, I'm it's really interesting. You said I was screaming, "Free me from my marriage and free me from Sony." I was screaming, "Free me from my pastor." Swear something I think he can control. Swear sometimes I think he can control me. Then I realized God had paired me up with all these people just to see if he could grow me. Because blaming everybody else was getting old. Time to leave that game alone. Um, and then you you ultimately you, na- you name drop a bunch of people which I'm not going to do, uh, but then you you ultimately say that you were you needed to be free from yourself. I cut everybody off on my path to freedom just to find out the whole time I was the only one I needed to be free from. So talk about that revelation of responsibility that you got. Like here you are, and you said you're, you're looking at all these situations and you're casting the blame on everybody, but then you get this massive epiphany, which I, it, it seems like was the turning point. And you kind of re- bubbling up and, and, and the redemption of your story. And, and is there a connection to that? And, and, and how did that feel getting that, that revelation that ultimately, even though everything is not your fault, a lot of this stuff is our responsibility as men, as leaders, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that I, I came to that point, man, when I, when there was nobody um, else around for me to put the blame on, and I started noticing the same outcomes though. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Like I was, that was a turning point for me. I was like, man, the same stuff that I was blaming my ex-wife for, like it still happened. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like the same stuff I was blaming my label for, like the inconsistencies and this kind of stuff, like it's still happening. And I was like, I was like, yo, this is me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's really mm. me. It's, it's been it's been me from the jump. And then like at that moment, and it was hard to accept and to build on that and to heal from that. But like at that moment, I was like free for real, you know. And then that's when I started like I started like really taking taking hold of everything and my destiny, like my future. I started getting way more organized. I built a you know, a business that went crazy and just like started taking control of my future, you know what I'm saying? And like not making no excuses, you know? And that, I mean, it it changed the game for me. Like I was able to fully find like everything I've done from that, from that point forward, from that moment of just taking responsibility, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you were hit with this hyper responsibility and then all of a sudden you emerged and I don't know the timeline on this, but I watched you emerge from Jay Monty, like the super artistic, creative, incredible artist to like Jay Monty is an entrepreneur. Like Jay Monty got his business right. Jay Monty out here doing crazy merch drops, like tying it into the Testify series. You know, I remember me and you were on a, a clubhouse thing and you was talking about your return for Facebook ads and, you know, this percentage. And I'm like, yo, like this man really... Like you transformed yourself, bro. You know what I mean? And it was super inspiring to see you go and evolve beyond just being an artist, but to really becoming, you know, a, a entrepreneur in in your own right. And you obviously, as creatives, we're always entrepreneurial. But I mean, I was that was a, a massive boss up, bro. I was sitting there. I'm asking you questions, like, okay, like, you know, give me some game. It was it was nah, dope, nah. man. I definitely watched a few Ruslan YouTube videos on my way to establishing my business. Um, oh, man, I didn't day, know that. So. That's, that's actually oh, yeah, really no, cool I, to hear. I, I definitely picked up some gems from you, bro, on the way and some inspiration. <laughs> wow. For sure. So, so yeah. okay, so 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 the, the, re- the redemption of this story to me is that you, you took hyper responsibility for everything in your life. And and with the power of God, you were able to turn it around. You know what I mean? Where uh, you know, from my understanding, you, you're doing really well financially now. Praise God! And when I hear these stories on here, man, like they're so heartbreaking. Um, there's a song on here about you know sleeping out your car. Uh, this song, "Free Me." Um, there's there's young artists watching this, man, and they, and they're they're defaulting to this like super duper artsy fartsy. I'm just want to be an artist and never promote my music and never get my business acumen like. What's some what's some just some game that that that, that you would give them in terms of um, not sometimes it's just a, a false dilemma between art and commerce sometimes it's a it's a false dilemma between ministry and commerce 
right? Because I'm doing it for God, therefore I shouldn't make money or I, sh- I, I shouldn't make the type of money I can make, right? Um, mm-hmm. Can you just j- j- just speak into that for me? And I got one last question because I know we got to wrap in about five minutes. Yeah, um, I think I do. I do think that there's a, a, a conflict there um, of interest. A lot of people feel guilty making money, especially spiritual um, artists. Um, Christian artists feel guilty making money. And I, I just think that that's just biblically inaccurate. If you Come really on. search the scriptures, you, you're going to see Come on. Uh, that it's, it's, it's a bit of a command and a commission for us to be financially astute and aggressive um, to be able to be effective in the, in the kingdom. So, and I would say, stop making excuses. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That you, you're riding everything on your talent alone, but mm. your talent isn't going to get you there. You're in a, you're, you're in a, in an incredibly over oversaturated market with millions of other artists that are equally, if not more talented than you. And you'll never be heard if you don't set yourself apart from them through business acumen, through finances, through marketing dollars. And, and, and obviously you still need to be a, l- a little dope or at least mm-hmm. dye your hair or something to stand out. But, um, you know, yeah, that's what I would say. That's good, man. Um, there's a bar on this record, bro. Uh, and, and again, guys, like really go listen to the album. Like, I'm not just saying that, like, go, go listen to the album because I think, um, one, I just think it cre- it's creatively excellent and I, and I can't, I can't speak to that enough, but two, um, the vulnerability, the vivid, the, the imagery, the storytelling, the, the message of it, the ultimate message of where you land with free me, but you have a bar in here and it's from, I think one of the older songs, uh, where you said, uh, uh, y'all don't talk about the crucifixion. Yet you out here wondering why your crew's so fiction. And I said this to the Indie Tribe guys the other day, and I'd like to hear you speak on it as someone who who has struggled and went through some serious turmoil and, and all these different things. Do you do you think that um do, do you think that some of the I, I feel like there could be a lid on this Christian rap thing where because of us not maybe being as overt with the gospel as we should be, maybe us having these questionable things in our lives that we don't want to check and kill this sin that we just let kind of fester. Um, do you, do you think that there's a lid on this thing, man, in, in terms of Christian hip hop and what it could be and what it should be instead of kind of where it is on a lot of dudes struggling behind the scenes, you know, a lot of dudes both, both financially and personally with sin. Um, what, 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 what do you, what do you make of it? And what's your, what's your kind of like vantage point on where CHH is right now? Um, I think, I think, I think that some, some people are definitely crippled by sin. Um, you know, they kind of, it's difficult for them to move forward if they, if, if they're stuck in something, but, and, and I think in, in a lot of ways, the world would look at us, people would look at us and say, well, you're imperfect, so you can't be a Christian. But I think that that's the absolute opposite of what a, what a Christian really is. So I don't think that we could or should be limited by our inability to be perfect or holy. We know where our holiness really comes from. Right. I think that if there's a, a limit on it, it's not, it's not based on our, our overt content. Mm. I think it's based on lack of talent. Mm. Uh, I think, I think that if you, if you go, if you go back and listen to that Lauren Hill album, it's probably one of the most Christian albums you're going to hear. And I know that that was a different time and a different era, but like, I think the overall issue in the past has more so been a lack of skill. Mm-hmm. I think now we're getting to a point where, you know, that's not the issue anymore. And I think a lot of people blamed Christian rap in terms of content for the lack of success in Christian hip hop. Mm. But I think I think when you would say you know, I think what, what what we really should have been blaming was Christian rap, not in terms of content, but in terms of the content we were putting out, like the music. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think if, if any music is good enough, it doesn't matter where you from or what you believe or what you ascribe to. Like, you gonna rock with it. Good music mm. is good music. Come on. Prime example. I'm in. I'm in South Africa. There's a song that blew up from somewhere around here called Jerusalem or something like that. It's it's huge. It comes from a really really small tribe, a really small tribe. 
speaking a completely different language and it's one of the biggest songs in the world right now mm. you know what i'm saying um I, I if i'm getting the song if i'm getting the name of the song wrong i apologize but it's like a completely different language if you interpret if you translate the words christian absolutely christian song people are playing it in clubs people are mm. probably making babies to it people are doing, <laughs> it's, it's, people are drinking to it people it's everywhere yeah and it's in a different language Good music is good music. So when we say, "Oh, your music is too Christian for me to listen yeah. to," yeah, that where I think I think that's a I think that's the epitome of everything we've been talking about this whole time. Us not looking at ourselves and saying it's my fault. Like, no, bro, just make better music. Yeah, I think right now I just looked at the song, um, and let me know because I know the, the light. The we about to have a situation low shedding. The, yeah, which just is wild to me. But uh, I think what I'm getting at, Jay Monty, is I think right now, in my opinion, Christian hip hop is as good, if not better, than secular hip hop from a quality right. standpoint. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking your music. I'm talking Nick D. I'm talking guys like Bats. I'm talking top to bottom. I think it's One K Few, What Up RG, Andy Minio. Like I think everybody. Like if you're take, if you're taking the mean of what Christian rap is and comparing it to the average of what the world is, I think quality wise, it's better. However, um, the, maybe the top, the, the mountaintops aren't as high, but on a general quality level, I think it's better than the world. However, for whatever reason, it doesn't seem to be as disruptive. You have these glimpses of Indie Tribe charting on Billboard, Nick D getting a million, you know, a million monthly listeners on Spotify. Um, but, but, but it's not as like disruptive of, of what I think it should be. And I'm trying to assess why that is. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Um. No, I do think that there. I, I would. I would be remiss to like to not acknowledge the fact that there are people in positions of power who do control. You know the overall narrative musically, um, and their agenda is not to push Christian music. Mm. Obviously, they don't want to push positive music at all. Mm -hmm. Sex sells, and I think that just the algorithm proves that. You know what I'm saying? The algorithm, yep. the analytics, the numbers show the violence drugs mm -hmm. um killing you know what i'm saying and sex are w far more intriguing than positivity um but i will say that again today and i mentioned it earlier at least out here in cape town there are djs and people who are in those same seats and positions of power who are tired they're tired mm. of that mm. and they're trying to work hand in hand with positive artists to change the narrative because they see the tangible effect negatively that the music is playing in the streets and in the communities out here and how it's hurting their people. Mm. It's not advancing people forward. And mm. so although there's a ceiling, I think that what we have to do is we have to re kind of realign and tether our intentions with our efforts and um and our efforts back to the proper intentions and i think that when we do that we might just find that this isn't just about us and how well we're doing and how well we're streaming mm -hmm. this is about people this is about the listener mm -hmm. and if we develop relationships with people who are in those positions of power and help them see the benefit of providing alternatives that do shed some light Mm. um in the music scene maybe maybe brick by brick and again I'm, I'm i keep mentioning dj ready d and dj easy out here in cape town because what my man told me is that this has been their driving force and and desire for 11 years they've been fighting to start mm. playing more positive music uh and if i'm not mistaken dj ready d is a leg he's a legend out here Mm -hmm. Um, like I was in the streets with him today and you couldn't hear nobody, like you, nobody was walking by who didn't know who he was, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like he's a legend, you know, um, he's also a Muslim, mm -hmm. but he's playing my music out here in Cape mm -hmm. Town. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? He's, he, he's, he's reciting Andy Minio's lyrics and Lecrae's mm -hmm. lyrics because they're intentional about, um, changing the narrative. And I yeah. think that it's a, and it, I think if we take examples like that from places like South Africa and bring it back to America, it's brick by brick. It's not going to happen overnight. 
but yeah. stop looking at it as a ceiling on your own career and Come look on. at it as um an overall mission that we all should be striving towards we all should collectively be coming together trying to make a difference you know what i'm saying trying to establish relationships with people who do control the narrative and push for that you know what i'm saying and i think that not only will we see a change um overall but we'll also benefit individually artists careers will start benefiting more because we'll, we'll ultimately have more exposure but when we put our agenda for our own individual success out front mm. we're more divided we're i don't think we're gonna i don't think we're gonna see that level of growth that we're ultimately looking for unless we come together for the right reasons and no it's not about oh man you just gotta preach the gospel or you gotta do exactly what i'm doing or you gotta sure. do it the way i'm doing it sure it's 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 about justice it's about love it's about helping people you know ultimately that is the gospel you know what i'm saying so i think if you know if we look at it like that and that's our agenda you know you know we will see change and maybe the generation after us will carry it through but you know it's it is what it is we got to start somewhere man what a great way to end the conversation ladies and gentlemen it's my brother jay monty man i love it bro Thank you. That was great. Um, guys, go run the numbers up, man, on the new record. It's it's really good. Like, I'm not just saying that. Like, it's it's really good, really well put together. You got more stuff coming out this year. Um, where, where can they check you out at? Where can they go cop some merch? Uh, tell us tell us where they could uh, figure figure all that out at. Yeah, just search jmonty, j.space, M-O-N-T-Y on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Title. Y'all know the drill. Uh, everything is jmonty Studios, all my socials testifyforever.com is where all my merch is available excuse me and as to whether or not i got music coming out this year absolutely i'm 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 just getting started bro so yeah i'm we're gonna keep the ball rolling testifyforever.com i'm gonna put, put put that up in the chat so folks can check it out um yeah man great job bro i think i think you got um i think you got so much value to add man and i feel like what you've been able to do and the way you've been able to turn it around, bro, has been very, um, just been inspiring, man. It's, it's just been inspiring, bro. So thank you. Um, and and uh, and um, thank you for making dope music, brother. That's it. I ain't got nothing else for you, man. You. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, bro. You know, it's all yeah, love, always. Appreciate you. All right, y'all. Yo, if you uh, like this video, give it a like, all that good stuff. Uh, testifyforever.com. That's pinned up in the chat. Um, go copy yourself some merch. And uh, support the homie Jay Monsey. We out. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Hey, thank you so much for making it to the end of this video. If you found it valuable, please consider giving it a like and subscribing. You can check out one of the other videos related to this that'll be over here. Now, I got to tell you about a free training I have for anyone that is an entrepreneur, a creative, an artist, but maybe you are unsure on how to find your voice, how to find your niche. I have a free training in the description of this video. Check it out. Once again, thank you so much for watching. I appreciate you, and I will see you on the next video. Holy smokes, you made it through the entire episode. Shout out to you probably means you're rocking with what we're doing. And again, we ain't got no sponsors on this show and I'm going to keep it that way. But what you can do to keep it sponsor free is consider signing up for our King's Dream Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Best way to get a hold of me. Best way to hop into a group Zoom call. And the best way to partner with what we're doing here. Help us create more stuff just like this. Thank you for listening. Peace.